Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dishyotic Vision Thursday Night Hangout. Greetings, sir. Do you know why this is an entertaining week in the history of life? No, do tell. Um, actually, I don't know if you're watching, but I've been highly entertained by this whole crazy Wall Street bets thing where, like, basically they're completely screwing the market of GameStop stocking with short sellers, and there's all kinds of potential lawsuits and craziness, and it's all kinds of crazy shenanigans. It, it is indeed shenaniganistic in today's society. What's up, Sam Grizzle? Ladies it's gentlemen. the Sam! Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie. I'm joined once again by the prolific cummer himself, Zelius. No um, place I'd rather not be on a Thursday night. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is a Thursday night hangout. This is a show where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you, uh, with you during the show. If you haven't submitted a topic, question, etc., have no fear. You could still submit it right now. All you got to do is drop in the chat, and we will add it to our uh, list of topics for tonight. If, by some unfortunate... Uh, happenstance, we are unable to talk about your topic. We will put it at the top of the list for next week. All right, so Zealous, let's step or I, I step right into it. Let's get right into it, shall we? What are uh, we going to step into? Is there something that I need to put on my shoes? Possibly. We'll find out. Uh, okay, okay cool. so uh, the first thing is, uh, this is a question that we actually didn't get to cover last week, and that was... Um, there are always chances that when you see sequels for established franchises, that they may, uh, of course, go from one platform to another. You know, obviously, there. You know, you've got the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, sixty-four, GameCube, Wii, Wii U, and now the Switch. But how do you feel about sequels that are on, like, let's say, uh, a console, and then go to handheld or PC only? and then go to console only. That's just weird sounding. Agreed. But but there are definitely um, examples of that out there. Ironically, w uh, one of the examples, uh, one of the, I guess, the usual examples, which of course is now completely gone, is that for some reason, they're right uh, during uh, the PlayStation 3 and the PSP's like high... Uh, popularity moment. There were games that, for some unknown reason, jumped from the PlayStation 3 to go to PSP exclusive. There was never, ever a uh, a later release of a sequel. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember the, the game off the top of my head. It, it was Valkyrie, it's not Valkyrie Profile. Um, it's kind of like a tactics game. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But Valkyrie Chronicles or something? I something like that, yeah. Where, yeah, you've played that, I think. Yes, I and I think I actually, own, well, I had at some point owned both of them. I don't know if I actually decluttered uh, one or both those copies. But hmm. that being said, how do you feel about that? I mean, how, what is it, um, as as a supporter, as a fan of, the, of a, a franchise, how does it make you feel when they decide... It's awesome that they're going to do a sequel, but when they completely change platforms and maybe even, I guess, you know, instead of console handheld or that kind of thing. I'm probably thinking that, damn, that console developer really got one up 
the console company really got one up over us. Because more likely, it's a Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo paying a buttload of cash to make it exclusive to that console. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so... I don't really know of any examples where that's happened to me, though. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if that's been an issue that... Uh, I mean, most games, like, if they're a console exclusive... Yeah. It seems like I'm going to say exclusive to that console... I mean, right. it would be like, I mean, one of the most popular from the PS4 was Horizon um, Zero. Yeah, I hate the title of the game. Um, great game, title stupid. But if you take that title, so if you, and then if the sequel, if also now it was an Xbox exclusive, mm -hmm. or to your case, a Switch handheld ex exclusive, right? You'd be like, huh? Yes, that'd be totally super bizarre. Um, now, a game like that, though, where it's been shown on the PS4 is extremely popular, mm -hmm. that is a game that could also, though, cause people to potentially purchase. Because, like, most likely, if you have a PS4 and you had a Horizon, mm -hmm. there's a pretty decent chance you're going to get a PS5 and get the next one that comes out. I mean, there's just right. a natural progression there. Right. But all of a sudden, and now if you release it, let's just say, on the Xbox or the Switch as an exclusive, maybe now you're getting a potential set of gamers on those consoles who necessarily wouldn't have because they're so invested in a game like that. Because that's the whole purpose behind exclusivity of your games. You're trying to move the needle on that console. Um, but as far as, you know, the really big exclusive like a Halo, um, the Horizon, the, you know, you used to have that with Final Fantasies for exclusive to PlayStation, but not True. so much anymore. Right. Um, but they're not exclusive, like, just to the Switch. Um, if anything, they've just brought in through Horizons, which I appreciate. Well, I think I think you're the only exclusives you're going to see, and of course, this is, I mean, this is uh, uh, guaranteed. You've seen it before. Is And of course, it makes total sense, is the, in, the uh, internal studios. I think the... Yeah. The exclusiveness of a third-party developer, that would have to be a shit ton of money. And if it is going to be exclusive, it's going to be a timed exclusive, where one one uh, console manufacturer is going to pay millions and millions of dollars for their that version of the game to be exclusive for their console for the first like five months. I mean, because it comes down to you have to look at it as the publisher doesn't make enough i mean they pay you basically i mean it's a simple spreadsheet right do you pay me enough in millions to offset the lost sales of selling it on this console exactly i mean it makes sense for internal developer that makes sense because mm -hmm. oh well um but for a third party i mean square enix with their final fantasies is really the last i can think of who really had the big titles that were console exclusive um that was and they're not party. really anymore well, I know they're a third party, but yeah. like kind of one of the last big third, because they used to be prevalent, yeah. the third party exclusive, but they were really kind of one of the last third party big time exclusives. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, it was, I can't remember. I think it was, was it Final Fantasy 13? That, that, uh, uh, Square Enix basically, because they had to break the contract with Sony. Uh, and that's what they did, because uh, I think they had up to sixteen or something, and and Square Enix is like, look, we'll take the penalty, because uh, we can make so much more money if we put it on a bunch of other systems. Well, I, th I guess the one exception would be, and it's probably just because of the nature of the game would be Final Fantasy fourteen Realm Reborn, like it's not on the Xbox, 
but that's probably because it's the MMO. So now if right. they move that into the Xbox realm, now all of a sudden you're talking, you know, it's one thing doing cross-platform between a PC and a PS4 or 5, mm -hmm. but now all of a sudden you throw the Xbox into the equation. That just really gets things crazy when you're talking cross-platform MMO. So that well, Sony doesn't like Sony doesn't like to play nice. So I'm pretty sure if if you put an That's, MMO on yeah. on uh, Sony Xbox and insert other platform here, Sony would be like, "Oh, Microsoft is invited to this party. F this, I'm out." Well, one of the big things with the PS with the PlayStation in general is accounts cross accounts don't work basically. Yep. Um, like. Path of Exile is a big one. You can't cross between your PC and that one. Smite, um, Paladins. There's a yeah. There's another one that I saw. I'm uh, a totally Warframe. Brain on right now. What's that? There's no uh, yeah. cross platform for Warframe. Yeah, they just they just don't like the cross platform. So it's like, yep, sucks to be you. Um, Agreed. So yeah. the, uh, there is one example. That, it's technically isn't an internal studio, but it is, uh, but it isn't. Um, and that of course is the Pokemon company. Uh, uh yeah. they of course have made now, of course they're still technically, they're still only on Nintendo. However, they do have certain products out there on the mobile, uh, devices. Uh, and they used to be exclusively handheld devices. Now, of course they have Nintendo going, look, the Switch is a handheld and a console. <laughs> we don't have to have an additional handheld. So Pokemon is now exclusively on Nintendo Switch. Do your thing, yeah. Exactly. So I I it's I know it's I know it's a matter of money, but as a fan, I it really sucks that I I I'm more okay with a a series, an established series that's on the console continuing on to further generations of that console it mm -hmm. just i don't know it ruffles me the wrong way now of course you know handhelds are basically dead if they're not already dead but um except for switch uh yep. but it it would really ruffle my feathers if i were to you know fall in love with this franchise that was on a console and then they decided you know what we know that was super duper popular but we're only gonna do handhelds now that would or it'd be like uh like a big name franchise um, on Sony or, or on a PlayStation or an Xbox. And then the next one's like, we're deciding to go mobile. You mean like Diablo? I don't want to talk about Diablo. <laughs> or the company that now is rehashing their history by apparently doing an HD version of Diablo 2. Okay. So let's move into that topic. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, you may have noticed that there's been some... Um, exciting news coming out of uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, the continuing, as as I see it, now this, of course, let me preface this by saying this is my opinion. As I see it, once the, um, the Activision tick just bit down on Blizzard and started sucking the life out of Blizzard, it hasn't stopped. And mm -hmm. uh, as a result, you've seen a lot of big, talent, a lot of talent from Blizzard leave. Uh, and there was an internal uh, group within Blizzard called uh, Team One, and they were in charge of doing uh, the Diablo 2 remastered reboot. But unfortunately, they have been getting just destroyed with all the projects that they've been doing with like bad uh, uh, bad 
reviews and all that and such and such. The reason, of course, is that they're being uh, pressured by their publisher, <laughs> Activision, and they had to meet deadlines. So Activision decided, you know what? We're paying you guys too much. Now, this is uh, this is me, my opinion that they didn't actually come out and say we're paying them too much. Uh, from my from my understanding or from my viewpoint, it looked like they're like we're paying you too much. You're a bunch of veterans, and you're you're producing shit because you can't keep to our schedules. So be off with you. And we're gonna give this other studio, which I have nothing wrong with Vicarious Visions. I they you know they they have done they've done great work. They've done they've done some great work, and but. At first glance, look, they, they've they've made a shit ton of games. But if you really, really looked close at their library of titles, they're all ports. They're very yes. specific yeah. ports. They're not they weren't like, you know, the the headliner. They're they're the and look, I worked for a company that that did that as well. When I back before smartphones were a thing. Uh the company I worked for, we made ports of games for you know for specific cell phone types. Uh, so it's not a bad thing. It's just very interesting that you take that you basically dissolve that entire team. Now they those employees that were on Team One were given the chance to find other departments within Activision Blizzard, uh, or they could just go to a different place. Many of them went to uh, different indie studios. The big one that uh, some of the talent went to is called Dreamhaven. And Dreamhaven uh, is the uh, creation of the co-founder of Blizzard, where I can't remember the tagline is. I'm going to have to pull it up. But it, I, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I just want to make sure I get this right. Because so, I was trying the, to find, so here's my problem with this whole remake of Diablo 2 mm-hmm. is... They came out with Diablo 3, which was not particularly inspired. Um, and then you have these other hack and slash homes. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Torchlight, but it's okay. Um, which one? Really one, two, one, or three? Any of them. They're all just kind of too monotonous for my taste, personally. Well, Torchlight's uh, actually based off of, what, the, what was it called? Fate? which uh, But then it morphed into... Whatever that uh, the server stress test uh, for yeah, I remember that uh, Hellgate London. Yep, what I was do that remember called? That. Mythos, Mythos. And, and really, the one that's kind of been setting the bar as far as originality is really Path of Exile. Mm-hmm. Um, my problem with Path of Exile is kind of the graphics and the actual gameplay is just kind of slow for me. Um, and Diablo still kind of feels that I'm a overpowered god type of field niche and i like that but it's just kind of stagnant and i feel like diablo is a chance or blizzard if they wanted to they've been passed by in the rpg in the action rpg realm is really what it comes down to what because uh, activision likes money they don't want innovation they want money oh no they, i'm not disagreeing no it, i know it's I did, just, but it but sucks i and i totally agree it's but because they have this opportunity you, to you instead can, of rehashing diablo 2 come out with diablo Four. Four. And like reinvent the genre again. Because you have other, I mean, I was trying to find my phone. I forget what it is. There's another up and coming. It's in early access um, action RPG that everyone loves as like a blend between like the Diablos, the Grimms, the um, 
Path of Exiles kind of filters them all and does it the best, which is what Blizzard used to do. Uh, Before they and it just, became part with Activision. Yeah, it's just sad to me because, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all love Diablo 2, but it doesn't need a remake. They need to have, I, I'm of the opinion that they're better off doing a Diablo 4, except for I guess they're not because then it would just be Activision anyway and would probably be terrible. So no, I mean, it, we're, we're, we're looking, yeah. look, what, what, what is Activision best known for? The publishing and the publishing of what? Regurgitated titles over and over and over again. The money, yes. I this is <laughs> this is exactly EA's um uh from the um whatchamacallit? This is uh Activision's EA they're both the same, okay? EA Sports, Madden, 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 Activision. Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty. They don't want originality. They want an established product with little to zero changes so they can make the money because they know that the brand by itself will make money. Yes. Well, I there are those games work, though, because at least with the sports games, you can say it's a new year. The Call of Duty is at least a new version. I mean, we think it's lame. But let's be honest, kids still buy the heck out of it. We exactly. Know that. And there's going to be people who are going to still, as long as you attach the name Blizzard to the box, there are going to be people who have grown up supporting Blizzard who will continue to, even though it's not really Blizzard. It is Activision in a Blizzard skin suit. Here's the problem. I think I, my bold prediction is if they redo Diablo 2, it's going to be epic flop for two reasons. One is, I would argue that the, as much as we lambast them, the Maddens and the Call of Duties and all those, they're at least a progression. They're not a, oh, let's reskin it. And it's a roster it. update. It's a text I, file. There's no, it's not mind-blowing awesomeness like reinventing the I'm not disagreeing the with that, but that's how people perceive it. Agreed. And it works versus a new one. But the point is, it's a yearly thing, so it's fresh in people's minds. A are, Diablo are you, 2 is from our youth that people don't care about. The current buying youth don't care about that. And the other issue is, is that they tried doing this with World of Warcraft, not World of Warcraft, good gosh. Warcraft, Warcraft 3. 3. It was that's, epic. And that's fail. why Team terrible. 1 is gone. Team 1 was responsible for that. Because of strict deadlines, they were unable to polish it the way that Blizzard usually did back in the day. And so they're like, well, you're going to fail at this bl this Diablo 2 remake that we're shoving down your throat, so you're out. And I think the same thing's going to happen with the Diablo 2 remake regardless. I think it's oh, going to be I an agree. epic fail. I, look, I had... There are, I'm sure there's some people out there like, look, it's going to be sort of like uh, when Bungie left uh, Microsoft but left the Halo franchise there. And so you move in, was it Studio 343? Or three two three, I can remember what the number is. The but numbers that, like you said, that is an actual progression. They're not trying to remake it. And yes, there was a little bit of stumbling between you know the transition between uh, Bungie and the other company. But this is different. You're you're you basically, and once again, I have nothing against Vicarious Visions. I have nothing against them. Um, but you're putting in a team that's known for basically just making new versions of established things, you know, ports. They, they, I'm sure they have some very creative minds, but they're 
rule book or or the way that they've done business is give us a you want us to you want this title to be on this console or this platform we're that company for better yeah, force it just, it just makes me sad Agreed. that you know it's we grew up with a great lizard company of great products and it's just gone to shit and it's well, let's be honest. There, let, let's let's look back at the first of all. Vicarious Vision has been around since like the mid '90s, so it's not like they're they just, you know, this has been their business practice since from day one. But you're right. If we were actually look back on all the the games that we played growing up, and then also the companies that are attached to it, there ain't a whole lot of them left. I mean, I grew up on Sierra Entertainment games, King's mm. Quest, Police Quest, Space Quest, uh, to name a few. Yep. That shit sold. That ship sailed a hell of a long time ago. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, these good games we used to love, and now it's like, ha ha, not for you, sir. Which, once again, support your independent developer because they actually are putting their blood, sweat, and tears in. Yes, there is a market for those individuals. No, no offense to anyone out there who who plays the Call of Duties or the Battlefields or the Maddens. It's not my thing. It will never be my thing. But I feel that there are too few companies that will actually go outside the box, will try to be innovative, be create something new. Because that's not what publishers want. They want surefire deals, which is one of the reasons why I wrote that uh, article about the Hollywood bastardizing established franchises. They don't want to create their own stories. They want to steal... Stories for, well, no, they want to steal the names of franchises and then write some kind of warped reality fever dream into that universe. Yeah, I don't know, man. Okay. How do you Uh, feel? Sam says, Charlie hates Battlefield. Chris, first person shooter of all time. Sad. Okay. Once again. My biggest issue with Battlefield and Call of Duty, besides the fact, well, actually, my biggest issue with Call of Duty is they just they kept spitting them out so fast. But my my issue between like a Battlefield or a Call of Duty is I do not want to play a game where I might actually be doing stuff that could actually happen. I don't want to be in you know like a Panzer tank blowing up some, you know, uh, I don't know, German army or uh, play for the other side and, and having to kill allied troops. I don't, that does not make me give, that does not give me the warm fuzzies. If I'm going to play a first person shooter, I want it to be futuristic and hopefully fictitious. For all I know, the the uh, Halo and Gears of War and all those games are just, uh unfortunate precursors to what our actual future will hold. I don't know, but I'm just saying I want I want that 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 ability to separate away from reality. And so I, I'm sure that Battlefield and and all those other shooters out there are phenomenal, but they're just not for me. And that's okay. Sam, you love Battlefield? I'm not going to say that you shouldn't love Battlefield. That's not my place. I don't know. I think you should tell Sam where to stick it when it comes to video games. That's what we're here on the show for is to tell no, people we're, how we're No, we're trying going. to alter your confusion, not kill all other thoughts. 
Unless that's Zelius's role. I don't know. Zelius, is that your role now? I don't even know what my role is. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm just here to drink chocolate milk. Fantastic. Okay, so um, there was a story that came out this week um, about one of the most popular mobile, like online mobile games, uh, and uh, the fact that there was a hell of a ban hammer that was dropped. Uh, oh, dear. Uh, what was the number again, Zelius? Was it like 8,000 million? That That's probably close, but not actual number. Ah, um, uh, that's the game I was looking for. Let's let's see. Hold on, let me pull it up real quick. I, I want to make sure I get this right. Um, the name of the game is. If my computer will load. Wow. Okay. Well, I knew that was gonna. So the other up and coming RPG I was talking about, as soon as yep. I get back to my chat window, is Last Epoch, and apparently it's like a combination of all the great action RPGs. Um. But again, it's a new game. It's not like a. Uh, it just kills me. It just makes me angry. Okay. But anyways, for anything I've read, check that game out if you're into any kind of action RPGs. Uh, noted. Uh, the game that I'm talking about is a, a game called Green of Free Fire. Uh, it hmm. banned over 30 million cheaters. What's I never heard of the game. What was it called again? Garita Fire Free Fire. Uh, let me. I'll drop the uh, the story link in the the chat here. Um, but they dropped. I mean, they banned. They they dropped the ban ever. So the question that was uh, asked of me at uh, a my son goes to a uh, um, cognitive learning center, and I was asked, you know, with the the there's of course different approaches for banning players. Are mm-hmm. you? in favor of basically maybe the company keeping track of all these cheaters. And once they hit a certain number, they just do an instant ban on a, you know, like the 20,000 users, or are you in favor of, cause that's the thing. Would it be like you, I don't know how the ban policies are for these companies. Is it like one time and you're done because there are companies and Twitch is, um, which of course we're currently streaming on, as uh, guilty of this, you may or may not know that you're doing a bannable offense and get banned and may or may not have the ability to, you know, kind of argue your case. So are you in favor of, I guess, three strikes you're out or you get put in this group and, and everybody and their mother gets banned the next day? I mean, it seems to me if you think they're cheating, then just ban them. I don't know why you'd wait for like one magical day to ban them because it also means that for some indefinite period of time, people are also now having to play with these known cheaters. Right. So why not just go ahead and ban them? And how have I never heard of this game before? I have no idea. It it has third. It's in 2019. It became the most downloaded mobile game in the world. Mm-hmm. Like. I've never heard a single kid at school talk about it. I don't know. Maybe they're all blocked on their phones. If if uh, a certain o- uh, IT department's doing their jobs, Elias. Nope, they're all playing uh, Activision's Call of Duty, sir. Ha ha. Ha ha. But yeah, I, I find it interesting that usually, uh, and maybe this is just because it's noseworthy, newsworthy, newsworthy, is you don't see 
I think companies might actually kind of like corral all these cheaters until they hit a magic number so that when they do do like the massive ban, it may, it's no, it's newsworthy. They're like, holy That's shit, true. they yeah. came down hard on 20,000, you know, players in one fell swoop. What I do find interesting is according to the statistics, mm-hmm. 31% of the bans result of player reports. Um, which honestly to me seems really high that A, they're taking that reporting seriously and B, that yeah. resulted in bans. Um, I mean, I've been in plenty of um, Overwatch games where people are like, dude, you're hacking. And it's like, no, he's just better than you. Right. Um, and so that they take, I mean, to me, that's actually, I would think would be much lower to be honest. Um, but I mean, that's always a question also in online games is does reporting matter? Uh, in or terms is of like reporting fair? Well, that that's a fair question. Because um, I know if I encounter people who sabotage games or cheat or leave or whatever, I'll report them. Um, not because they're better than me. I mean, if they're better than me, right. then more power to them. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, definitely if they're obviously cheating or my main issue is leavers, where in that case, I'll report them for game sabotage. Yeah, I you know I I uh I love the fact that you have the that players have the ability to uh report. However, there are so many instances of those players doing exactly what you were saying, Zealus. Oh, you must be cheating. No, they're just better than you are and then lashing out because of their inadequacies. Um or you have those cases where maybe you're playing, um, you know, you've, you've got your squad-based game uh, and uh, the other team wipes the floor with you. And it turns out there's someone in your party that was randomly assembled who isn't the best. And so mm-hmm. you have all these people, you know, just like heaping on against that person, uh, which is one of the reasons why I stopped playing certain games because I can't deal with people trying to, throw me under the bus for the fact that I can't play a specific character well. Well, for me, I think it also is the length of the game. So like Overwatch, for instance, most of the games are relatively short. So there's, right. it still happens, absolutely. But there's only so much time to flame your teammates. Whereas in a game like um, League of Smite Legends. or League of Legends, those games can drag on and on. Mm-hmm. And so you got lots of time to flame your teammates to the point of like wanting to rage quit at that point. Yep. So, you know, I do think Blizzard was onto something there with the relatively short matches. Same thing with Heroes of the Storm. I, which I, I don't know if Heroes of the Storm's still around. That was actually <laughs> but, part of Team One as well. Oh, I enjoyed it when I played it. I, you know, I didn't play it too much, but it was an enjoyable game when I played it. Yeah. I... But that was also kind of a distillation of other. Mobile elements of games. Well, it's just what uh, because they weren't able to truly uh, uh, copyright uh, Dota, defend yeah. uh, the what's it, Def- Defenders of the Ancients? Is that what it is? Yep, yep. They which was something that was was it Starcraft first or was it Warcraft? It was Warcraft. It was basically a mod that was made, and then of course people were like, oh, I got it, and so they made whatever. They had their chance. You know, the sad thing is that they were, Blizzard was the first uh, company to really try to look, hook into 
uh, college esports, uh, and yep. they had that they had that uh, competition called uh, Heroes of the Dorm, and of course that went bye bye because I'm sure that Activision's like, mm, no, we don't want to support these flunkies. <laughs> Anywho, they'll soon be your next employees. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm all for banning and legitimate you know for legitimate issues uh 30 million in one fell swoop is a hell of a number and i don't know i i would be fearful first of all makes great news and and it got an additional uh, a person who's never heard of the game to to at least look at it i i.e zelius because he's never heard of the game now he knows a little bit more about the game so it worked but i would be fearful of you know keeping that big a number of cheaters and then all of a sudden dropping it and I don't know, fracturing your, your player base or making most of your player base go away. I don't know what that, you know, 30 million. I don't know what the player base is, but to me, that's a hell of a drop. Hell, there's not 30 million players playing cyberpunk 2077 right now. So speaking of cheating, so this is kind of a little bit of an argument I actually got into on Reddit about Mm -hmm. Overwatch. So one of the worst elements to me of competitive, I'm talking only competitive, where you have like ratings, um, is levers in games. Yep. Because in Overwatch, for instance, it's always 6v6. And a competition is in the last two months. And basically, if you lose a player, you're dead. You're, you're going to lose. I mean, yes, there's always that like 2% chance your team can win. Mm-hmm. It happens rarely. But yes, you're pretty much lost. And usually it snowballs to other players leave. And of course, there's always, you know, the same chance that a player in another team leaves. So you have a better chance of winning, but I also want to have an entertaining match. Right. So there's a small SR penalty. So SR, SR is your strength rating. Mm-hmm. And you have like a 10-minute ban, basically, if you leave early, which to me, basically, obviously, doesn't really, it's not a deterrent. Right. So I argued that because it's competitive, mm-hmm. meaning you're actually going for a ranking, is that there should be severely escalating um, repercussions for leaving a match in the form of, which granted was really harsh to start with because you always negotiate back. Right. My initial proposal was first time you get um, this, first time you leave a match, you're banned for an hour mm-hmm. within that same season. Second time is a day, third time is a week, fourth time is a perma ban for the entire season. Um, that course, escalated argument, quickly. It did escalate quickly. And of course, the argument against that is always, well, what if your internet's crappy? And my response is simple. If your internet's crappy, then don't play competitive. They have arcade. They have quick play. They have all these other modes. They're not competitive. But if you're playing competitive and your internet is not stable enough that you disconnect over four times in a span of two months, then you need to either, either not play competitive or get a better ISP. Because when you disconnect, you're detrimentally affecting the gameplay of 11 other people every time that happens. Right. And I I, I agree that a five-minute or 10-minute penalty is just asinine. Uh, maybe if you're playing in like a casual match, you rage quit, then yeah, five, 10-minute timeout. I don't care about casual match. I think people should be able to leave all they want. That doesn't No, I still... Well, fuck that. Well, at least someone who doesn't... Someone who has no way of ever getting to the point of doing something competitive but wants to have a good time you're saying it's okay for 
anyone and everyone to drop out because there's no penalty. Well, here's why. It's because in Overwatch, you have fillers. So if I leave a match, within 30 seconds, somebody's going to come fill my spot. Over In competitive, you don't have that. So once somebody drops, they're done. Right, but there are some games that don't have that, you know, that filler if, option. You know, if it's not... If it's non-competitive play, it doesn't bother me in the least if people leave early. Like, oh, it that's pisses the whole me point. off. <laughs> it, look, I'm putting it as a gamer. I'm putting time in, even if it's not competitive. I want to, in my own world, I want to be competitive in this casual match. So why would I be okay with random Joe Schmo going? Eh, I don't feel like it and dropping. Because if I want to play competitive with that type of pressure, then I'll play a competitive match. But sometimes you have to build up to it. You can't immediately just jump into the deep end without your floaties, having never swam a day in your life, Zelius. Well, maybe that's why I left my casual game is because my floaties burst. Uh, all right, so ladies and gentlemen, I do want to pause real quick uh, to do Friends of the Show, and then we'll be back uh, uh, to the topics. And actually, what we've got right here, this wonderful discussion that Zelius and I are having, is uh, leading into the next question that was asked of me by, uh, who the hell was it? Oh gosh, it was like a friend of my dad or something. Anyways, let's 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 keep it as vague as possible, okay? So here's friends of the show, ladies and gentlemen, will be right back. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to http indiecluster.com. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to www.herochiropractic.com. Nurburger Games is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nurburger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nurburger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored, or haven't been explored very often. These games forego dense gaming mechanics in favor of a lighter rule set that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories. After yet another successful Kickstarter, their library has increased in size. Currently, the games that at least Zelius and I have played, are Capers, Die Laughing, Merzen Acquisitions, and of course, the soon-to-be-played Good Strong Hands. 
For more information, go to www.nerdburgergames.com. Battle & Brew is Atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant. Opened in 2005, Battle & Brew had a very modest menu, a few beer taps, and focused heavily on gaming. Now, they have grown to encompass so much more. They pioneered geek trivia in Atlanta and remain the hardest trivia in town. They have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites, and some soon-to-be favorites. They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. For more information about Battle & Brew, go to www.battleandbrew.com. Ah, so, back to the discussion. The question was asked of me, Charlie, since you've been like a gamer forever, uh, is there like, you know, that time where you actually felt like you've achieved something? Which, of course, I took as when you were at your best online gaming, Zelius, Sam, rest of the audience, what was the game and how good were you? I'll say in Rift, which is a MMO that most people probably actually don't know of, there was this class called a Chloromancer. And basically the way you played it um, is you basically cast a spell that was basically a team-wide buff where the more damage you did, it healed your um, raid, basically. And I was actually pretty well known on our um, entire realm as a really good Chloromancer. Um, so I guess that's my gaming claiming to fame is I was really good at this one MMO for like six months. Yes. And then they came up with an expansion and it went free to play because another company bought it and I stopped caring. I forgot who, I think it's the same company who actually owns, um, uh, what's the, um, Defiance. Who was that? Uh, Turbine. Maybe. I think it was this, I want to say it was the same no, it wasn't Turbine. I forgot who it was. But oh, somebody, remember, uh, somebody, Tryon Worlds. Yes, Tryon Worlds. That's who it is. Yeah. It's Tryon bought it or sold it or something because I know Tryon was involved. And then it went free to play, and that's when I stopped playing. Um, it was a great game for a while. One of the things I actually really liked about Rift, which was very unique to MMOs at the time, is you only had to have one character because your class changed depending on the weapon you held. Um, and cause most MMOs, like if you want to change classes, you have to log out and log in. And it was cool. Cause you know, you're part of a guild and you, that's the whole, one of the, one of the purposes of playing MMOs, the social atmosphere. And so when you play with alts, well, now you have to make sure your friends or your guild mates or whoever else, so you're still on that friendly platform. But I liked Rift because you could just switch your weapon and boom, you're a totally new class and you still have the same social Whatever's. Of course, if you just want to annoy your friends, you can always have an alt. Right. Um, but at least for staying in with those alts, you're still right there in the same game. So, yeah, that was that was my game at once upon a time. That was a, that was a fun MMO. Uh, for me, it probably have to be one of the high res games. It would either be Smite or um, Paladins would be my guess. Um, you know, I I got pretty good at playing um uh paladins and smite um but it's been a hell of a long time since i played either of those games actually i played paladins within the last year 
just to see if I could still do it. And then I felt completely, uh, completely like a noob. And of course, they still had that like card level up system. So they revamped it like a several times. Um, I actually really thought that was a cool system. They still have cards per se, if I remember right. Um, but, uh, uh, Paladins have God will travel. That's exactly, that's the character I used was the, was the teleporting, uh, uh, flanker. So I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but that's literally what I do. I'd run around, shoot people while my, my, uh, while my, uh, my teleport, uh, portal was counting down and once it counted down I'd get shot right back to where I left the 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 portal. But I would say that right now, I mean I'm you know, I was starting to get a little bit good at Legend Rutera, took a hell of a break, and now I'm back in the Legend Rutera, sort of. Not I did see that that I'm like, Charlie's back to Legends of Runeterra. What do you know? The fun the the interesting thing is that yeah, I got back into Legend Rutera and I immediately tried to to right into the newest stuff, the new pieces that weren't there when I was playing Legendary Terror first, and I suck. Hmm. But I called upon like the decks that I used to play when I was trying to play ranked matches, and they still work. So I'm like, oh, okay, I can do this. Well, there you go. Yeah. And if you notice always- on our, in our YouTube channel, I have started to post uh, highlights from some of the the more epic battles that I have been a part of. Nice. Indeed. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it's probably one of the high-res games. Uh, when it comes to MMOs, I don't think I was ever, like, the guy to go to. I think probably the the one MMO that I felt the most powerful in had to be Defiance. Um, mm. And I was hella good in that game. But... That was a fun, that was a fun MMO. I liked yes, it. it was. But yeah, if... if if I'm going strictly MMO, it'd probably be Defiance. If I'm going, you know, online esports, e, it's probably it was Paladins or um, uh, Smite, and now it's uh, it's becoming Legends of Ruterra. Speaking of Turbine, mm-hmm. I kind of laugh every time I pull up Steam. I still see a scrolling through occasionally is Lord of the Rings Online. Yeah, man. Like, wow, that's some old memories from when that first came out. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about old memories? Um, I installed Spore onto my computer and I've been playing that uh, with my son recently. I never played Spore. It is still as unique and crazy as I remember it. Nice. But, yeah. Um, So I do want to pause real quick. And uh, address something oh so quickly. Uh, Some of you may have noticed that there was an apology video from uh, yours truly uh, that came out this week. And that was based off of the fact that I I had failed to check my P.O. box in a hell of a long time. Uh, And so as a result, there were packages that were delivered there that were returned to sender. And... I have discovered that one of the packages contained Funko Pops, uh, and there were a ton of them, and Funko's not going to reimburse the person who sent them to me. Mm. 
So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Actually, I wouldn't have sent you a Funko Pop. So anyways, uh, what I will do is take just a brief moment and say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ultra Confusion will be participating in Extra Life uh, for the 10th year straight. Extra Life is uh, gamers doing what do they do best, game. What we're going to do is we're trying to raise money for our local Children's Miracle Network Hospital, which of course is the Children's Healthcare Atlanta. Uh, I believe our current goal is set at $250. Uh, you have the ability to join the team if you'd like. Uh, I will be doing the 24-hour stream in November. Uh, and please, like I said, if you have the ability, please donate to this worthy cause. Indeed. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Um, so we're going to skip the Patreon thing for tonight. Because to be honest with you, I feel a little bit deflated by the fact that I failed uh, anyone who, who, uh, who sent me packages. So I really don't want to try to, uh, you know, rep out something that I, you know, give more attention to stuff that I have not, uh, you know, whatever. Um, so I think in the last day or two, uh, it was revealed that Eli Roth's version of Borderlands movie has gained an additional actor, uh, that being Kevin Hart, who will be rumored to be playing Roland and Kate Blanchett playing Lilith. So that still leaves a couple of roles open. And I know that Zelius had previously stated that he would love to see The Rock as... Oh, now I just forgot the name. Brick. Brick. Oh, yeah, it's perfect logical sense, man. Big, bald guy kicking ass, taking names. I feel like there was... The thing is, Borderlands is known for its craziness. So I would be interesting, interested to see what kind of craziness they're able to keep in the game. Of course, the 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 main bit of craziness is the just the random ass guns that you get with uh, I feel like, you know, you just spin the wheel. This time, this gun uh has the poison and acid and does this and does that and, and it's purple. Well, I mean, Kevin Hart kind of brings that craziness. So I get that. Um I mean, Lilith is kind of your more grounded motherly figure to the team. So that makes sense from Kate Blanchett to do that. Yeah. Um, I would love to see them have, cause I forget which borderlands it is, but you can play like the bad guy through the campaign, whatever you want to call the bad guys. I forget what they're called now. It's been a while since I actually played, but like you can play one of them, but it'd be fun to have like one of basically the bad guys on the team to like, just be totally zany and crazy. So you want, or you want the, handsome um, Jack lady. What's that? You want you want someone to play handsome Jack? There we ooh. Or you have the and you need the pirate lady. Tiny Tina, I think is her name. Yes. And, yes. and you cannot have a a Borderlands movie without some form of claptrap. Oh, you gotta have claptrap. Ooh, also that like redneck guy who's like out who has like the whole like racetrack thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's he's comedic like there's just a lot of I mean, it's funny because I know there's a story because every game has a story. It's not really a story-driven game, mm -hmm. but yet there's the characters that really are memorable in the game at the same time. Yep. No, uh, I... I, I great, it was just a greatly done game. Yes, but the thing is, can that greatness, that awesomeness be captured in movie format? 
Borderlands is not a game I would have chosen to go into the movie, a live action movie. It's definitely not at the top of my list, but I haven't seen it, but hey, apparently actually Monster Hunter was not, was actually a pretty decent movie. Really? Um... That's what, that's what I've read. I haven't seen it, so I can't really say if it was, but yeah, I want to see it. But... I mean, I, the thing is, I'm sure that the, I'm sure that it might be a a, a, a potentially solid movie, uh, Monster Hunter, but the story of of how uh, you know the main character got there, I don't see that ever happening or have happening in, in you know any of the. There's at no point is there an American soldier that goes through a. Uh, a, a warp gate into the world of Monster Hunter. That is such a common like troop, like in these like fantasy games and TV shows and movies, where it's like guy from the future, usually with some kind of dark seedy past, is and he's also damaged somehow in the inside, is teleported to the back where he has to redeem himself. No, if you if you want to. If you want to take a, a page out of Hollywood, just grab a franch a game franchise and then find some way to put American soldiers in there somewhere. And <laughs> that's what makes the money, baby. Uh are you talking about for, for Borderlands, you talking about the psychos? Yes, the psychos. Uh yes. I I hope they go crazy. I like this is a movie that needs to be rated R. Actually, no, this is almost like a Deadpool like type of movie is really what it should be has kevin ever like kevin hart ever been in an r-rated movie i'm sure he has i'm sure his specials are r-rated but <laughs> like act like action you know yeah well the other guy who would make sense for that would would have been terry cruz yeah because he's i mean he's big muscular he definitely has the comedic chops the, the thing is and, and it's the thing against uh kevin hart is just i don't know i didn't see roland as that short uh kevin hart does not like when i think of a borderlands mercenaries going in and kicking ass and taking names terry cruz strikes me as him like rolling like i see terry cruz in him sorry i don't see kevin hart so for those out there who are curious because this shit exists out here um the the character roland in borderlands uh, has a height of 5'11", weighs 217 pounds, and is 34 years old with brown hair. Sorry, brown eyes and black hair. <laughs> and, you know, just for shits and giggles, uh, Kevin Hart height. You know, they can always pull a Rocky because Sylvester Stallone is actually short as fuck, but they made him look ginormous. Kevin Hart is 5'4". Yes. So he he's he's seven dude. inches shorter. Uh yeah. To be honest, most people probably don't even know. I wouldn't be too worried about that. True. Um and I, I don't know why I want to look this up, but uh he is rumored to be at 141 pounds. <laughs> he doesn't strike you as a big bad like Borderlands guy who's going to go around and kick ass and take names. Let's see. We got a, a commenter in the, the chat going, Terry Crews, 
The guy from America Got Talent? No way. Is he really on America's Got Talent? Uh, at this point, yeah, sure. They're all weak actors and not at all scary. Well, who's a really scary, I mean, Samuel Jackson? I don't know. Denzel Washington? You want to go crazy? I think they're... They'd be a little bit past their prime to yeah. play him. Yeah. No, if if you want if you want to look, f- uh, how about um, oh my gosh, the guy who plays Finn in the new uh the the Star Wars the latest one uh John Bodega, he does not strike me as intimidating. No, Roland could he could he, he pull off Roland? Yeah, uh, I can actually see that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. But once again, we do not have Demunay that Hollywood has, so they're going to attach. Uh, Actors to whatever role they want to uh, put it. <laughs> You're saying that you should have been cast in that role? Would you have been a better option, sir? Hell no. I think that yeah. I should have been part of the the casting thought process. I, sh- oh, I, I do. Look, if you want a pasty white geeky guy, six four, about two hundred pounds, I'm your guy. So but I ain't gonna Napoleon be like Dynamite? some, huh? Napoleon Dynamite. No. <laughs> no. No, Mm-mm. nope. I, there was a time where people tried to equate me with uh, uh, Harry Potter. No, DJ Qualls. I have no idea who that is. Good, it's a good thing. Uh, anyways, moving on. Uh, ta- still here. Talking. Let's uh, talking about uh, you know. Oh yeah. What? Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yes. Oh Jesus. He had to look it up, ladies and gentlemen. Um. Th- there was there was other big news uh, in the movie TV uh, news stream, and that of course is that the Muppet Show is coming to Disney Plus, and that makes me very happy. And immediately upon hearing that and just saying it, I can hear the theme song in my head. I'm not going to sing it to you, but if it could be like it was before, that would be awesome. I love me the Muppet Show. Didn't they try to do Muppet Show tonight or something? I don't know. I don't really recall ever actually watching the Muppet Show. I think they actually try to do like a, you know, like a, uh, like a Colbert or a Jimmy Fallon or, but they had it as just Muppets. Could that tell you? Let me see. I'm too old to remember the Muppets. It's escaped my brain. It's very You're sad. You're too old to remember the Muppets? I, How the hell does that work? I I blame you. Muppets Tonight. It was on ABC uh, for two seasons. Yep, definitely never saw it. I loved it. It was basically, it, it was as if you were watching Leno or Letterman or Fallon or uh, Colbert or whatever, but it was with the Muppets being the the headliner. I liked it. But that's just me. Anyways, I'm excited. Um uh, if they do it well, then my kids get to see some awesomeness that is uh, what I grew up with. Couldn't you just still show them the Muppets? I mean, they're not going to know if it's old or new. Well, no, they're, because they're reboot, they're going to start Muppet shows uh, over. You're going to be able to see relevant people on it. If I, I could, yeah, I'll show them the old Muppet show. But you're talking about people, some of which are dead. <laughs> um. Don't tell your kids that. Daddy, who is that guy? Doesn't matter. He's dead, sweetie. Oh, that's kind of sad. 
Well, I tried to get my kids. So we have Disney Plus. I finally caved. Had to get it. Uh, um, I finally got Disney Plus, and I immediately tried to get my Hello Dolly with Kermit. Heck yeah. Um, I tried to get my kids to watch um, a, a Disney show from when I was growing up called Gummy Bears. And it bored the oh, shit yeah. out of them. And it made me cry because, like, I loved gummy bears. I like eating gummy bears. Can I eat, just eat the gummy bears? That's a different type of gummy bears, Elias. Well, that's just silly. There's only one type of gummy bears, the kind you eat. Mm, I don't think that's... No. Yeah, I don't know what else you want. Some of us like to eat candy. But there's nothing wrong with candy, Zelius. That's That's not the point. You make it sound like something wrong with my gummy bears, and it kind of hurts my feelings. Oh gosh, I just pulled. So I just pulled up. Uh, I think it was the last season of the Muppet Show, which actually ended in eighty-one, 90. the original one. And here's the headliners: Gene Kelly, he since passed. Um, let's see here. Brooke Shields still alive. <laughs> Brooke Shields, uh, wow. Uh, Debbie Harris, I think, is still kicking. Uh, Paul Simon, he's still with us. Um, some of these things. Carol Burnett, Gladys Knight, uh, Marty Feldman, he's dead. Um, yeah, just Johnny Cash, Linda Rodstadt, Roger Moore. Some solid names there that I would know. My kids would have no freaking idea who they were. Think of it as a history lesson. No. Well, in this amazing culture that we live in, where virtual learning is the new norm, yeah, Yay. that's that's probably, the, that history lesson will probably be more relevant than other pieces of history. Don't we love our history lessons? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Warm fuzzies, Elias. Warm fuzzies. Eh, you know. Whoops. Um, I accidentally got rid of my, my topic list. Okay. So we have a wee bit of time left. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to go on a very soft exit topic. Oh, which of course is not going to be a that. soft exit topic. And that is, um, you know, as we progress, we know that the future of gaming is becoming more and more digital, more cloud-based to, to kind of cut down on the cost of like the entry to gaming and so that we could spend more money on the actual games or services, yada, yada, yada. Of and course, service. at the same time, we're seeing that the ISPs have seen, uh, internet service providers, uh, have seen that they are getting destroyed uh, by, with their infrastructure on how much, you know, data is being used uh, because everyone's most of us are having a social distance, so we're having to rely on that so much. So we're straight, we're stressing many different sections, and so the the solution, of course, is to fix all the issues. No, they're going to put data caps in place and then charge the hell out of you for going over. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what does that mean for gaming? Uh, honestly, for most people. I don't think it really means a whole lot um, in terms of, I know that there was the article you posted about the guy, what's the Amazon streaming service called again? Luna. Luna. Well, it depends, right? So I always put, think of it as a lens as a bachelor. That's kind of one of my drawbacks, right? So yep. I looked at his numbers. I'm thinking of myself and I'm like, huh, I'm not going to hit that. 
but that's by myself, and I totally understand. Now, all of a sudden, if I had three roommates, let's just say I hypothetically had all three roommates kind of in my same socioeconomic situation, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that pretty quickly starts to break down. Or if you have a family, so that's, I think that's more so the issues. It's not people in my situation. Um, I mean, that's a lot of data for one person to go through. Correct. Not that I can't be done, but it is. Um, but when you start talking families and you're talking digital learning and all that stuff, mm-hmm. that's where it really starts to break down. And I know co- video game companies would love to do streaming as a service, basically the Netflix model. Yep. Um, that's basically what you have going on with the PlayStation, net, the, the PlayStation Now and the Xbox Gold, Live, yep. whatever they call theirs. Yeah, uh, ga- mean, uh, game Pass. Game Pass. That's what they're going for. I mean, they're great yep. deals, but that's what they want is that solid 10 to 20 bucks a month from every person who's playing their console, mm-hmm. a predictable perpetual license model yep. is what they want. Um, and on one hand, like on the PlayStation, at least for the PS4 and PS5 games, I can download those. The PS3 games, you can only stream those. You can't actually download them. So you're already kind of forced a little bit into that streaming world uh, which isn't going to affect me, but if you're doing something like, let's just say the Luna or the Stadia, where you have to stream everything, yep. um, if you got a, you know two or three people in your house playing that, yeah, you're going to blast through those data caps pretty dang quickly. Um, and the frustrating part is, like, the data caps aren't necessary. If they invested the money that the government had basically give them for free years ago. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa. Those executives need those multi-million dollar paychecks, okay? Don't don't you dare say that they should have actually spent the money on the common man, the consumer. Shame on you, Zilla. Shame on you. I know. I live in a very idealistic world. I totally understand that. I'm an idealist. Um, in my idealistic world, they would have spent the money in the way that they were supposed to spend the money. Um and we would have had improved infrastructure across the board already. Um, but yeah, it's, it, yeah. Ladies so, and gentlemen, I mean, write to your Congress yeah. people. It's time to deregulate the ISPs, the K, your telecommunication companies. You want to fix this? Then let it be just like, you know, franchises. Have someone... Uh, have one company that basically supports the entire infrastructure and then you have companies that come in basically like the the gas companies that you have all over the US they you know siphon off the internet and they give you the best deal yeah but that'll never happen because uh, the leader of the FCC is in Verizon's pocket I mean he's still getting a paycheck uh, so he has no desire to change that but yeah yeah, if uh, Sam says our politicians should stand up, if most of them could, um, internet costs way more in America than anywhere in Europe. That's not the only thing that costs way more here than anywhere else. But that's besides the point. Um, look, I, I think that in there are definitely situations, a bachelor situation, where you're not going to hit that data cap. But when you're talking about, let's say for my for my current uh, setup, my current life, as it were, I have a kid who's virtual learning, who's going to be on, who's on Zoom calls, uh, four days a week, at least four hours 
out of each day. So that's 16 hours of, of Zoom calls. On top of that, you have me, who does at least uh, six or more hours of streaming a week, uh, plus the Thursday night show, plus any of the uh, the many team calls, uh, Microsoft team calls or WebEx calls or Blue Gene calls that I have to do for work. And then, of course, you have my wife Blue who has to do the same. Huh? Blue Gene? Yeah, man. Get another one. Just another mm. one, man. They uh, just keep on coming. They don't yeah, stop. Yeah, exactly. So you have three people who yeah. I think we we could, you know, start tickling that data cap simply by, you know, accidentally watching some Netflix while we work with everything on top. Yep. And then yeah. the, let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, that there are a lot of companies out there that love this, the following uh, uh, requirement to their games, always online. Sure. So that's even more data. It all adds up. Yeah. yeah. And that, of and, and Cloud compute. I mean, you know, cloud gaming, and a you know a family of four, uh, where my kids play. Let's say if we're strictly cloud, uh, uh, you know, yeah, cloud-based gaming, uh, we play at least an hour every single night. So you're talking, you know, thirty, thirty-one hours, just that chunk, plus the, uh, let's say an additional 30 hours for my Alter Confusion streams. So that's now 60 hours plus, you so, know, yeah. I'm looking at my data usage for the last four years, mm -hmm. last four months. Mm -hmm. And let's see here. October was 200. November was 200. December gets to 426. Mm -hmm. And then January, which is probably from installation of the games from the PlayStation 5 is 510 gigabytes. Uh, yep. And that's by myself. And most of that is, I mean, I actually, I really don't stream nearly as much as I used to just with work and everything. So I'm not really streaming. I think probably more than your, I'm definitely streaming right now, less than your average household. Right. But the majority of those downloads are going to be from video games. Um, and that was probably just only like four or five games I downloaded. So it's not like I'm, and that's on one console. So you figure a house, you know, if they have, you know, that's, not unfeasible that they got more than one console, more than one PC. I mean, if you have a house with three kids, mm -hmm. you might have more than one. So that's just me alone. I've already gone through half of that terabyte data cap. Um, and it's not actually technically the end of January. Um, and Still actually part time. of that work. Cause when I was at home for um, quarantine, I was having to do some work from home of downloading images and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that further, complicates the whole you know people are working from home so yeah. let's see here uh since zealy's pulled it up I, i'm i'm pulling mine up um uh in the month of november it was 938 gigabytes Ooh. uh in december it jumped up to 956 and january we're still not at the end yet i'm at 927 damn man you're consistent hello uh, what should we call it? Oh, what the, I, and, and it says here, you have one courtesy month to exceed yep. a 1229 gigabyte of usage without charge. Well, gee, that's this, this, thanks. 
They make it sound so benevolent. Yeah, yeah. It's a courtesy of you that we're allowing you to go over without exert explicit, explicit, explicit here. Yep. 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 Trying to not get it rated like NC-17. Look, here, here's the deal. At the other day, technology advances, gaming is changing where most of it's going online in some shape or form, some for, uh, you know, protection uh, to, to make sure that you're not using a pirate copy, 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 or to, um, to allow for your anti-cheat software to connect to the server to make sure you're not pulling any fast ones. And then of course, you, you know, you got your streaming of, of videos and all that stuff. So we're going to get to a tipping point and, for me personally, I'm getting, apparently I'm getting really freaking close, um, where mm -hmm. I, you know, if I were to go with some sort of like gaming model or sorry, gaming, uh, console, which was almost strictly, uh, uh, streaming, I'd be dead. I wouldn't be able to, you know, it wouldn't be feasible for me because I don't want to pay the, I don't want to, I, I would be interested. In, I would be willing to pay the subscription service. However, I would be unwilling to pay the overage charges that would probably smack me upside the head every single month. Those would get rough. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I don't, yeah. And think about it. Your kids don't even really, I mean, I know they do, but it's not like they're sitting there with their own dedicated PS5. Right. You know, they, they do use their, they do have tablets that they get to use for an hour and a half on Sunday, Saturdays and Sunday mornings. And they're streaming like videos or, you know, something. So they're that's still a lot less than your average teenager. Yeah. I mean, teenagers going to be a, a whole heck have the teenagers have a lot more bandwidth usage than that. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. the reality is when you think about it, like seven, eight years from now, we're going to do more entrenched in this whole streaming as a service world that we're already in. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, I believe we've reached the end of our show. So I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving our ethic on our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. Amen.